that's where your biology instructor stopped the discussion. Even perhaps at the college level, biology 101, and even perhaps in your anatomy and physiology class, that's all they've told you is that mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. It's Colossians 1, 28 and 29. Welcome to Biblical Anatomy. We're excited to be here with you here today a little bit earlier in the day. I try to record these podcasts with natural lighting so it looks a little darker in here because of the time of day. Um, I like it, but oh well, we'll see uh, how it turns out. But nevertheless, uh, we're here to do what we always do and that is to teach another biblical anatomy lesson. Uh, I feel so honored that I get to be the person that does this. No matter who I speak with across the country in terms of anatomy and physiology, I never find that it's taught through a biblical lens. And so I'm so honored that this way of teaching has been saved for me, in a sense, to teach what I feel is anatomy and physiology the correct way. If you're listening as a student from a secular anatomy and physiology class, my heart goes out to you, and I hope that you can use the lessons that we teach through this podcast as supplementative to what should be taught in those secular institutions, but I understand better than anyone, unfortunately, that's not the case. So uh, as you go through your semester in anatomy and physiology, keep us in your hip pocket. And uh, we'll help you get through this. We'll help you get through the wrongdoings of it being taught inaccurately by not uh, crediting our creator God. And uh, we'll also supplement the material that you're being taught with a more one-on-one experience so that you can better understand topics like we have today, and that is the mitochondria. So stay tuned with us as we go week by week, topic by topic. Um... We're excited to to do that and excited to share that. Again, my name is Daniel Miller. I have six years teaching experience with anatomy and physiology and between eight to 10 years of collegiate experience as a student. So I'm very well versed with things that occur at the university level and uh, the way that I was asked to teach anatomy and physiology, which goes against every fiber of my being. So excited that we get to share this. Uh, please spread the word. We ask for your prayers in spreading this podcast and this message. And with that, spreading our academy in general. For those of you that don't know, we are opening Biblical Anatomy Academy in January, and we're going to be offering full classes. So a step further than just the podcast and a specific uh, topic per episode, we're going to have full semester length courses based on biblical anatomy and physiology teachings. Our first semester this January of 2024, 
uh, we're going to start with basic anatomy and physiology. And we're going to teach at that level. In each semester, we will be adding one class to our live teachings. We will have <clears throat> at least one class that will be a live cohort. We're looking for 10 to 20 students to fill those seats. And then we will have everything that we've recorded go to uh, sort of an archive that you can access thereafter for future semesters. So each semester that we go, things are just going to get bigger and bigger, and there's going to be more resources available to students to access from previous semester's work that we've done. So we thank you for joining us. We ask for your prayers as we build that community and we build that academy. And we also ask for your prayers that you need. And you can reach us at prayers at biblicalanatomyacademy.com. We'd love to hear with you. We'd love to develop relationship and see what your needs are, what prayers that you may have, and what anatomy and physiology needs you may have. A little long-winded intro there, and I apologize for that, but that's what's on my mind in the direction that we're headed. We're in the midst of that right now, and so it's, it's very fresh on my mind. Let's get going with our benefit for today, and that is going to be all things mitochondria. We're going to explain what a mitochondria is. Sorry about that. What a mitochondria is, and then we're going to specifically focus on the adenosine triphosphate production and how that ties in with the mitochondria. Uh, before we do that, we'll establish our mission. Our mission is to equip Christian homeschool, gap year, and college students with the understanding that their anatomy is biblical by connecting science with scripture so they can better understand God's divine handiwork in our lives. Our story for today takes me back to biology 101. And for many of you, it takes you back to biology in high school, uh, whatever that may have been referred to, uh, college biology, introduction to biology, whatever it was. And your instructor, your teacher, your professor at that time probably drilled in that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. As I say that, you probably shake your head and remember that very well. In fact, if you ask me, what are the things I remember from my high school biology class, it's two things. Where sodium goes, water shall follow, and the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Well, our biology instructors got it partially correct. Today I'm gonna to show you what they got wrong, and I'm gonna show you how to fix that or how to remember that saying in the future, okay? Uh, we won't talk about sodium, we've talked about that in the past and we'll talk about it in the future, but today's topic is mitochondria. Uh, it is a double-membraned organelle. We've talked about organelles before. Organelles exist within a cell. They're like little organs of a cell. Things like the nucleus, mitochondria, ribosomes, endoplasmic reticulum, Golgi apparatus, those sorts of things. Those are all organelles within a cell. Today, we're sort of picking on mitochondria because of its role with adenosine triphosphate. Now, if you're new to the show, I enunciate things and I make sure to avoid acronyms as much as possible. So if you're not familiar with adenosine triphosphate and you are familiar with ATP, I hope that you connect the dots because I try to break the habit of using acronyms like ATP in DNA and make sure we're replacing them with what they actually stand for. So we don't get to our junior year of college and we're saying ATP and DNA, but we can't exactly remember what they stand for. 
a lot of professions, nursing specifically, as I've taught many nursing students over the years, have a ton of acronyms. And I find the further you get down the road in your education, the less likely you are to remember what those acronyms actually stand for. And that's important to do. So a double membraned organelle that produces adenosine triphosphate. To dive in a little bit at that membrane, remember that our membranes are phospholipid bilayer structures. And they have an organization of phospholipids. What is a phospholipid? Well, we've talked about this before. It's a lipid, which is like a triglyceride, like the fats that you consume on a daily basis. But it has a phosphorus component or a phosphate component, I should say. And that phosphate component sort of makes it a hybrid, a phospholipid rather than just a pure lipid. Um, so what that does is give us a unique arrangement and structurability nature with those molecules. And so if you're with me on video, you can look at my hands. And if I were to point fingers together, we'd, we'd represent these fingers as tails. Okay, these are the lipid component. And then my hands would be the phosphorus component. Okay, so you have sort of this, this ball or this sphere, and then you have tails extending from that. Now, as I hold my hands in front of the camera, I'm sticking out four fingers, which is not a very good representation. Each lipid is generally three components. And so a better way would be to stick out peace signs and to show two fingers two tails, and then the phosphate head. When we link those on top of each other, or side by side, however you see it, we get a membrane that is made of phospholipids. Well, a phospholipid has two poles. The tail pole, the finger pole, is water-fearing or hydrophobic, and the head, the phosphate component is water loving or hydrophilic. And so if you were to have one layer, it wouldn't work very well. You'd have one side of the membrane that is repelling water and one side of the membrane that is accepting water. So this is where bilayer comes into play. So if you take two layers and you put them together, which is how I've been representing them on camera, you get a tail to tail arrangement and then your heads your phosphate ends, your, your hydrophilic water-loving sides are going to be able to separate membranes. And now with a bilayer, you can have inside the cell and outside the cell or intracellular and extracellular. With a mitochondria, this is double membrane. So we have all of that times two. So what you get is almost a mitochondria inside of a mitochondria. And you have this channel between these two double membranes, or these two bilayers, I should say, that form a double membrane. And what that's used for is something called the electron transport system, which is something we would get into more in advanced anatomy and physiology and some exercise physiology courses. Not for the context of this episode of this podcast or even basic anatomy and physiology, but what we're focused on is inside that inner layer of that double membrane is where adenosine triphosphate comes from. And that's where your biology instructor stopped the discussion. Even perhaps at the college level, 
Biology 101, and even perhaps in your anatomy and physiology class, that's all they've told you is that mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell. Well, I'm here to correct that and tell you that we need to add something to that. We need to say that mitochondria are the aerobic powerhouse of the cell. Then we can be correct. Well, what's aerobic? Many of you probably associate it with exercise. Things like running, cycling, swimming, those sorts of things. What would be the opposite, or not necessarily the opposite, but what would be opposing aerobic? It would be anaerobic. So now we have two classifications of metabolism, and yes, we can produce adenosine triphosphate aerobically and anaerobically. So now we're taking a step deeper into the world of exercise physiology here and getting it correct by distinguishing aerobic versus anaerobic. So again, mitochondria are the aerobic powerhouse of the cell. Why does this matter? Well, not every cell has a mitochondria. Can every cell produce adenosine triphosphate? Yes, but it can do so because all cells have a cytoplasm. A cytoplasm is where the anaerobic adenosine triphosphate production occurs. Since all cells do not have a mitochondria, we can't say that all cells can produce aerobic adenosine triphosphate. We could be very general and say that all cells can produce adenosine triphosphate, but if we want to go that extra layer deep, we need to be specific and say that it's anaerobic adenosine triphosphate. You may have heard terms like glycolysis and the citric acid cycle. These are simply the cycles or the the processes that occur in order to yield that adenosine triphosphate. Glycolysis is a anaerobic means of yielding adenosine triphosphate. And the citric acid cycle is a aerobic means of yielding adenosine triphosphate. So keep that in mind when you're going through a biology course or you're going through an anatomy and physiology course that it does matter which form of adenosine triphosphate we're speaking to because it varies the location, cytoplasm versus mitochondria, and it varies the method, glycolysis, versus the citric acid cycle. So I'll give you an example to kind of wrap this up here. An example would be an erythrocyte where this would matter because in a mature erythrocyte that is actually cycling through our blood system, there are no mitochondria within that erythrocyte. The erythrocyte is full of hemoglobin. We'll save that topic for another day, but you may know that hemoglobin accepts oxygen and carbon dioxide and exchanges them where needed in the body. That is so important that we're able to design the cell, not we're able to design the cell, but God has designed the cell for us to remove mitochondria from the cell so that we can have more hemoglobin because it is that important to exchange oxygen and carbon dioxide. So the only way that a erythrocyte or an erythrocyte can produce adenosine triphosphate is through glycolytic means, specifically anaerobic means. So consider that when you're learning anatomy and physiology and you're going through these different cells and the earlier you start learning about aerobic metabolism versus anaerobic metabolism, the better off you'll be in the long term. Now, as we begin this podcast and we're on episode 10 or so, we're going to have a lot of terms that come up that are confusing. 
The hardest semester of anatomy and physiology is your first one because you're learning a new language, you're learning all these new terms, and you're trying to make sense of the big picture. It's kind of like, I'll mention the movie series Harry Potter because my wife likes it. I, I do not. Um, but there's eight movies, right? Not Eight, nine movies, whatever it is. And with those movies, if you were to just be dropped in somewhere and given kind of the cliff notes of each movie, or maybe just one movie, you're going to be lost in the big picture. Well, that's kind of how anatomy and physiology is in your first semester. You're given sort of the main points about all the different systems. And at the end of the semester, we slap a grade on it and say, see you later. And depending on your major, you may go on to another anatomy and physiology class. You may not. But in no way is your understanding of anatomy and physiology concrete at that point. You have to take further semesters and watch all the movies or watch the movie again for it to make sense. So bear with me in these first few episodes. Actually, truth be told, the first probably 30 episodes or so. There's going to be a lot of foundation building that we are going to then use to our advantage later on down the pathway and start to connect these things as we begin to understand multiple concepts and bring it together. Now, ideally, you're in an anatomy and physiology class as well, either with us or at your institution that you're affiliated with, whether that be high school or college. And this is sort of fitting into all that and you're starting to connect dots. It would also be advantageous to pair certain classes together. So if you're looking to take anatomy and physiology, you may want to take a medical terminology along with it because they're going to um, work with each other to help that out. You may also want to take a chemistry class. And the next semester, you may want to take a physics class to help you with the biomechanics and those sorts of things. If you haven't already taken a general biology, that might be a good time to take a general biology. Perhaps in organic chemistry, there's a number of classes that you can take in the same semester so that you're not taking all these different subjects that are sort of different and maybe even completely different. You can get away with taking a higher credit load if you structure your classes in a way that mirror each other and begin to speak to the same sort of topics. Then it doesn't feel like you're taking 18 credits. It feels like you're taking maybe 9 or 12 because they work so well with each other. And so if you're not already in that position, I would suggest you do that. And email us if you're curious what a good pairing of classes would be. And we'd be happy to answer that question for you and help you out. Again, we've mentioned our email earlier in the episode, and our email is also included in the show notes. As a reminder, as we build Biblical Anatomy Academy to launch in January and continue thereafter, we are self-sponsored. We turn off the feature for there to be any paid advertisements in this show, so you can focus specifically on the content and not be interrupted at random intervals. We hope you appreciate that. We know as listeners of podcasts ourselves, we appreciate that when that is done on the podcast uh, that we're listening to. And the way that works is through reviews, referrals, and admissions to our academy. We can remain self-sponsored if you're reviewing the podcast. And so we ask you to do that. Please leave us a review on the podcast. We can keep this podcast as being advertisement free and self-sponsored if you're sharing the podcast. And so we'd ask you to do that as well, to please share the podcast 
with a son or daughter, brother, sister, friend, whoever this may be of use for. And then hopefully they would share as well and this message would continue. We can continue providing this advertisement free and remain self-sponsored if we get admissions to the course. And so in that referral process, uh, hopefully we find individuals that are in the need of what we have to offer anatomy and physiology through a biblical lens and our admissions will supplement what we're not yielding in terms of income here at the podcast. Depends on how you stack it up, but a podcast can cost many thousands of dollars to run over the course of a year. It's certainly not free for the person that's producing it, even though many times the podcast is free for the user. And so we ask for referrals, we ask for reviews, and we ask for admissions to supplement that so we can keep this going so that it can continue to be a free resource for a high number of people to access and the people that need it most. I mean, think back, if you're not a college student currently, me and you, if we're not college students currently, we can think back to freshman year of college where we certainly didn't have an abundance of money and a free podcast would have been beneficial. So we're trying to keep it that way so that freshmen in college, gap year students, seniors in high school can access this information um, and access a free resource if that's all they can afford to do. So we do ask for your help with our academy and our sponsorship there. Our take-home message for today is that we have now learned more specifically about the mitochondria that it is not the powerhouse of the cell, but it is the aerobic powerhouse of the cell. We hope that benefits you as you move through anatomy and physiology. And as we conclude today, let's finish how we always do, and that is with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.